Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. Welcome to another edition of Count Time Prod- Podcast. I'm Brother L. Diazobra, formerly named Lyman White. Thank you for joining us today. What is this podcast all about? We're here to restore accountability, peace, and reconciliation back to the community by resurrecting those who are civilly dead by awakening the mind. The purpose of this program is to bring clarity and illumination to a confused world. It's the pastors, preachers, priests, teacher jobs are here to bring hope and encouragement. Now we want you to be encouraged, we want you to have hope as you listen to our program, but that's not our purpose. That's not the purpose of this podcast. Not always having to trust the news outlets because we already know the news outlet's job is to make money. And they make money on, a, on one, one, one way, by selling advertisement. <laughs> so you sell advertisement when you can hold your audience. So you'll, they, each, each news station, whether it's Fox, CNN, MSBC, whatever your favorite news station is, they want to hold an audience where they can disseminate their information, what they're talking about, with their purpose, and uh, encourage you to keep listening. And But we want to encourage you to learn how to disseminate information, to process it, and to let you know that you don't have to believe and trust everything, but you take information for what it's worth. You know, they got it's a lot of information being disseminated, a lot of information, a lot of good information, a lot of bad information. You got to learn how to uh, be able to decipher through the information whether it's good or bad, and can it be how it can be used for your benefit. We'll be hosting our weekly podcast miniseries each Thursday on varieties of subject matters. But today. We ask the question, who should apologize? This question comes about because of an article that was written last week by Ralph McAllister in the Baton Rouge Business Report, which he owns. McAllister stated, what we're waiting on is Temple to apologize, referring to Collis Temple Jr. Why did he make that statement? Why did he write that article? Because Temper, a new board member of the LSU Board of Supervisors, asked a question which was published the next day in the local newspaper, The Advocate, titled, LSU should consider ending Ross's relationship with Trump. LSU should consider ending Ross's relationship after Trump rally controversy. Collis Temper says, back in January, at the end of the board of supervisors meeting on January the 14th, Temple raised his hand at the end of the meeting and asked whether the university could explore severing its relationship with Ross's supermarket over co-owner Donald Ross's seniors attendance at a protest at the U.S. Capitol last week. Temple said what Ross's says reflect on LSU. What Donald Ross's post on Facebook reflects on LSU. Ross's, 
who had posted a picture of him and another friend on the Facebook, or whether he posted or another uh, friend posted. But anyway, a picture was circulating around the community, and a lot of people you know, was disappointed to see that Ross was supporting uh, this rally and all the things that went on in the U.S. Capitol. It caused a lot of problems, a lot of conflict, and a lot of issues in, in the, the country, and mostly all in our in the community that we serve. Ross's is a very large supermarket grocery chain in the southern part of Louisiana, who in 2019 partnership with LSU Athletics. Ross's originated out of the southern part of Louisiana, a place called Homer, Louisiana, way down south, almost down in Grand Isle area, uh, down in the, in, the, in the swamps, the bayou, everywhere. And he's a very large, but uh, Ross is a very large supporter of LSU. Carla stated that yes, we know Ross has a First Amendment right to free speech, but by Donald Ross's being there at the U.S. Capitol with all the negative things that took place, the insurrection, the breach of the Capitol, the mob storming in and taking over the Capitol, and all of the excitement that had taken place, Temple thought at least LSU need to look deeply into their relationship with Ross's because how that looks to the other to the others and the community that LSU serve. On last week, Tuesday, businessman and owner of Baton Rouge Business Report and the 225 magazine, Ralph McAllister, challenged Collis Temper comments by writing in his magazine, Temper, a black board member, Comments reflect poorly on LSU when he overstepped his authority and sent a chill through the First Amendment with his criticism of Donald Ross's senior and the aftermath of the riot at the U.S. Capitol. That's a pretty strong comment from McAllister, challenging temper, who is a friend of mine and his. Let me say... Collins and I have worked together for many years serving the community. Collins and I have worked on many projects and programs, business together. He's a good man, one of the most hardest working men I know in the state of Louisiana. Collins worked from sunup to sundown, building a future for himself and his family and children. He has many businesses, therefore creating a whole lot of jobs for many people of African descent in the local community. Carlos is, is also involved in a lot of political issues in the community. Anybody know Carlos? Know he gets involved in a lot of with, uh, all, all the political issues that goes on, and uh, he does a great job of networking in his community and keeping more, a lot of people abreast and keeping a lot of people involved with the community. Uh, I would say Kyle is one of the most successful men I know in the state of Louisiana, as, as far as I'm concerned. He was the first, I know people say the first black. I don't really like saying the, the black because and one day we'll have another discussion about that. I, I would say he was, a, he was the first African uh, basketball player at LSU uh, and now the first African athlete to be on the board of LSU. He's not the first African to serve on the board of LSU, but he's, he's sure enough is the 
the first uh, African to be on the LSU Board of Supervisors, which is a major accomplishment for Carlos. Which LSU, on July the 1st of 2020, LSU named Temple to be on the Board of Supervisors. And I think they did it, made a great choice. Carlos took a stand on an issue he thought needed to be addressed at the meeting, which many in his community applauded his comments and thought it was a wonderful job that he took, somebody took a stand for, uh, for a purpose and for a reason of a community that always, that's been underserved for a long time. First of all, he took a stand that very few would have taken because very rarely do you hear of any LSU board members taking this sort of position. I would believe that LSU chose college to represent the board and knowing he's there to also represent his community. That's the reason behind choosing board members. Many in his community was in agreement. Many of the athletes was showing enough, showing enough in agreement with uh, the comment and the statement that he made, and there was many who were not. Unfortunately, I guess we can say it was a bipartisan situation. Uh, I can't say Republican Democrats because only one way to put it, I guess, is that you know it was kind of divided between the black and white lines once again. But many in Carlos community was already boycotting Ross's supermarket because of the what happened on January the 6th in DC and Ross's being there and other local people that was being that had that was there for whatever purpose they were, they were there they were there and they are uh, and they took their stand so what Carlos did was he took a stand himself and by Carlos representing his community you know just like everybody watched the Super Bowl last week and we know at the Super Bowl uh, game LSU was very very well represented I believe all three, both teams had at least three LSU players. Kansas City had three, and Tampa had three. And they all was of African descent. So these are people that Carlos have to represent. Carlos taking a stand for these people. I can't say how they felt about it. I don't know. But we know that these guys of African descent was there representing LSU. Let me also say that McAllister is also a former board member of the Board of Supervisors as well as a friend of mine. At least I would like to believe that. McAllister and I worked together on a black history program over over 20 years ago. I formed the committee that uh, McAllister served on. It was for a black history program where we brought a young lady in town. She was out of California. Her name was Lady Shala Shabazz. She had, she had created what you call a Black Inventors Museum. And we brought the Black Inventors Museum down to Louisiana, uh, to Baton Rouge. And we hosted at uh, the Leo Butler Center, where at the time Councilwoman Laura Burgess was un under her leadership. And Council Burgess had a lot to do with us putting, bringing it over there. And she helped raise the money. Although Council Burgess is no longer with us, she passed last January, last year, January, and she tr truly is missed. She was a great person, great human being, and a wonderful uh, woman. But uh, but Ralph did serve as one of the committee's members, and he helped to orchestrate and put the put that together, which was a wonderful thing, a great opportunity for the community, with a lot of exposure. And I, you know, I, I, I'd like to believe that Ralph had the interests of the community at hand, and that he wanted to make a difference. And I can say, not long after he ran for the mayor of the city of Baton Rouge, although he didn't win, but he did make a got a respect for 20% of the vote. But you know, he ran for mayor, 
But Ralph Autica reads, written on February the 4th, Macaulay ended his article by writing, What is worth Ross's senior has since apologized for his role in the whole affair. It was an apology he did not need to make. Now, Ralph said what we are waiting, we are still waiting for is Tempest's apology. Why did he feel Temple need to apologize? Only he knows that. But it didn't, it doesn't fit right, it doesn't flow right. Why would he think Temple need to apologize? What did Temple do for him to need to apologize? This kind of reminds me of the, what they call the Dred Scott decision of 1957. Scott, who was a enslaved, moved to move his family to Illinois, a free state where slavery was illegal and had been abolished. So he sued, Scott sued for his freedom. But unfortunately, back then in 1858, the U.S. Supreme Court Chief Justice Roger Tanner ruled against Scott's freedom. Whatever reason he made it, he made a conscious effort to rule against Scott's freedom. And he wrote what his comment was, he said, What rights do a black man have that a white man is bound to respect? That's what Supreme US Supreme Court Chief Justice Roger Tan Tanner stated in eighteen fifty eight. Now unfortunately, Rolf that is what your article sounds like to many. I guess it's uh, the, the Dred Scott decision also sounds like the Ralph McAllister decision written by a judge and juror, Ralph. What it sounds like it says, what rights do the black man, Collins Temper, have that the white man, Donald Ross's senior and Ralph McAllister is bound to respect. Don't mean anything about it, but that's what it sounds like. Dred Scott looked wanted his freedom. Collins was just speaking, but he thought he had the free right, uh, First Amendment right to speak. Does Temple, a black man, also have First Amendment rights to speak up and out about issues that concern him and his community? Plus, Temple spoke out at a meeting with 17, 18 other members there if they had an issue or concern, could have easily challenged Temple or put it on records. It, may, it might be on records, but there was other, he spoke in front of other people. Not like having your own newspaper or magazine and able to write and challenge Temple, allowing you to be the judge and jury. When you got your own newspaper, you can write what you want. You can comment, make comments how you choose to make comments. For too long, the voices of our people have gone unheard. And once again, when we speak up, you make a conscious effort to silence us. So when would the, the African in this country ever be free? The question, who should apologize? Should Temple, a black man, have to apologize to Rouses, a white man, remind us of the days of old? How dare this black man challenge this good old Christian white man. That's the way it's coming off to many in, the, in our community. That is the way our community received this. Should, it, should Rouses, a white man, 
apologized to LSU and Temple for his role that he chose to participate in unsolicited at the U.S. Capitol? Or should Ralph McAllister apologize to Temple for writing such a aggressive article? McAllister also stated that Temple abused his position by making headline news. They write maybe it was his aim. And maybe Temple wanted to get the media covers. That hurt LSU image, Ralph said. Many who knows Collins know he knows he is not looking for any media attention. Collins cared less about media attention. He just wanted to do something that they thought was right, uh, good for LSU, and good for his community. How would Ralph McAllister feel if the community would start saying he only wrote the article because Ross has paid him thousands of dollars to do so. I have to believe that wouldn't sit too well with McAllister. Although I also condemn the insurrection and the violence that happened that day. What we did see and learn that freedom is not free. Many people that went to Washington, D.C., they went there to take a stand, to fight, and take a stand for what they thought was right and what, their, what, their, what they believed in. Many was willing to die for for what their belief are. This was no high school teenager. This wasn't no college student. These was middle-aged men and women who decided, I'm, a, I'm going to D.C. to fight for what I believe is right. And we need to take note of that. Because what you learn that day is freedom is not free. You got to fight for your freedom. We know Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, which you now know was only an executive order. And we know executive order can be canceled with a, with a stroke of the pen because it's not law. So, my people, I want you to take notice that freedom is not free. You got to be willing to fight for it. Just like these people went down to the Capitol and fought for what they believe, although we don't agree with what they done, how they did it, but they they took a stood stand for what they believed in. And that's what Collins did. He took a stand for what he believed in. And he, he challenged LSU. Although he was he's not confirmed at this time as an LSU official LSU board member. But he put all that on all that on the line to challenge. But knowing LSU gonna do the right thing, I believe they gonna confirm uh Mr. Temple. Because it's the right thing to do. We must learn to be a positive interruption to which otherwise will end up being a destructive past. The way to take away someone else's power is to use your power. And always remember this here. Man can shackle the hand. Man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. And I'd like to thank you for tuning in Tuning in once again to Count Time Podcast. I'm Brother L. Diazobra. Thank you once again. Remember, it's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted.